and complete dependence upon the Lord for help in time of need, both in hearing and speaking. I would direct your prayerful attention to Matthew 15, verse 25. Matthew 15, the 25th verse. Then came she, that's the woman of Canaan, and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. Well, it's a well-known word, friends. And I do help with the hope with the Lord's help we might be able to speak a little of the background here. And then really I see three parts of this. Firstly, she came. Secondly, she worshipped. And thirdly, she prayed. May the Lord help us to consider these various aspects. For the background, friends, she's a woman of Canaan. She's not one of the Jews. You know, Jesus had been much plagued by the Pharisees earlier in this chapter. And uh, Matthew uh, describes really uh, the fact that um, they were trying to pick apart some of the traditions and the ways and the commandments of God uh, and being quite picky about these things. And yet, you see, uh, he was very clear uh, 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 in speaking even to the multitude. He speaks to the multitude in verse 11 and says, It's not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth defileth a man. And then the disciples came and said, actually the, the, the Pharisees were offended after they heard this saying. But you see, he was very clear, they are the blind leaders of the blind. May we never be left friends to be Pharisaical. You know, there can be a fine line and we need the Lord to be clear to us in these things because we do desire, of course, to walk uprightly. But this is the background and very much I feel that, you see, it drove Jesus away here in Galilee, but it drove him further towards the coast of Tyre and Sidon. He, the, at verse 21, he went thence and departed. You know, friends, he departed and this woman of Canaan was to come to him. Now, as you know, the, uh, the Jews had little to do with the Canaanites. And it goes back, and we could spend much time on it, and we can't for the purpose, the time we have tonight, but the Canaan, uh, the land of Canaan, of course, that's where the uh, Israelites settled. And as they settled there, there were many enemies and giants in the land. And they were, they were given that authority of God to, uh, to destroy them. But of course they did not do that entirely. And yet here this woman comes, one of these Canaanites. And 
uh, I believe she was the th- uh, she was the first one of out of Canaan to come to Jesus that we read of in the scriptures. And it's beautiful to think of this, friends. She came. Who drew her? What was the work that went on that brought her to Jesus? Friends, oh, the drawing power of God, that this woman should come. And so uh, she came out of the same coast, Tyre and Sidon, and she cried unto him. Yes, she came and she cried. And... Uh, You see, she immediately put her case before him. And yet we read this, but he answered her not a word. So by way of background, friends, before we come to our text, we need to understand a little of the way that this lady had come. She'd come in need. She'd come because she had the daughter that was grievously vexed. She came because she'd heard of Jesus that he could that he could do, uh, that he could help. She had faith given her to believe that he could heal her daughter. She had faith given her that he was able to do these things. And she pressed on to come to see Jesus. We don't know how far she journeyed because Jesus departed into the coasts and we we don't know how far from those coasts. But we know this. She came pleading for mercy and she came with her particular issue before him and he answered her not a word. But she pressed on. Now I don't know where you are. It may be that you are praying in a particular matter and this is where you are. You haven't got as far as our text. You're, you're in the, as it, the part before that we're talking about and you've got to this he answered her not a word he answered him not a word your prayers seem to be unanswered poor soul what a trying pathway it is I believe each of the dear Lord's children know what it is to walk in a way similar to this dear lady and we're not coming yet to her prayer but we're coming to her initial request before him And he answered her not a word. Your poor prayers. It's as if uh, they're not going beyond the ceiling of the room that you're in. You know, one of the dear friends said that to me today. My prayers don't seem to be going anywhere. And friends, that's how it seems to be sometimes. And you know, the enemy will tell us how inarticulate we are in them. And the enemy will tell us that they will never be answered. And our own thoughts and our lack of faith and our unbelief. Uh, will we'll also uh, uh, tell us those things. Uh, friends, I started to quote in prayer and it didn't come any further to me at that time, that beautiful hymn, uh, Be Gone Unbelief. Uh, 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 my Saviour is near. Well, he was near for her and for my relief will surely appear. But at this stage, and it may be that's where you are, poor soul, and we would trace it out, this is the pathway, Uh, And it may be that's where you are. At this stage, he answered her not a word. But by prayer, let me wrestle. And he will perform with Christ in the vessel. I smile at the storm, says the hymn writer. So for such an one, if you are burdened about this particular matter in prayer that you're carrying and you feel he answered not, has answered you not a word. Friends, I can only say this. Pray on. Lead on, because she did not give up. Persistence, 
uh, really in Fife was given unto her. And you see, what was worse, we immediately read after this, as we cover this background to our verse, and his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. Send her away. Yes, opposition to the Lord's work, even from his own disciples. Friends, what a solemn thing. His own disciples would send one away who was a child of God. Doesn't it come close in the things of religion? Friends, I hope that we're each his disciples here tonight, followers of the Lord. Would we send another away? What a searching thing it is for us. You know, friends, we need to be careful. We need to be careful that we... That, we're, that we don't uh, damage the tender grapes. Take us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the grapes. That we encourage the young in the things of God and the little ones. Well, friends, so in considering the background, let us move on. And so they said, send her away, for she crieth after her. Now I think here that they must have moved on and she's crying out after them. She's following them, you see. And then he answers again. It's, it, it says this, but he answered and said, I'm not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, how would she have felt now? Here she is a Canaanite. She's not, a, she's not of the house of Israel. She's not an Israelite. You might have thought she'd think, well, that excludes me. I cannot be amongst them. And friends, there's another feeling of a child of God at times. With the, what, the pathway I have, the things I go through, the troubles I've got, the lack of answers to prayer, the way I feel at times, I cannot be amongst the Lord's people. That's how it is, isn't it? Yes. Well... That's how it is. But I tell you, friends, she still pressed on. She still pressed on because this is when we come to our text. Then came she. Friends, what a backlog. It wasn't encouraging for her, was it? In some ways. There was everything to oppose her coming. And so it is to a sinner coming uh, in that sense, I know we are drawn, I hope, friends, we're drawn in the love, the cords of a man, the man Christ Jesus. But what I'm trying to say is this, opposition and opposition is there. And opposition to our prayers, we feel it. But you see then, despite it all, she came and she worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. So let us come then, firstly, to the fact that she came. The drawing power came out of the coast, came to see this Jesus of whose fame she'd heard. So you enter into the courts of God, as I do, friends, and we do it regularly. Do we come to see Jesus? Or do we come like uh, the Greeks of old at the time of worshipping, that they came, sir, we would see Jesus? Friends, to really enter, enter into God's courts with that prayer that 
uh, we, uh, we sang in our opening hymn that we would not be empty centre. Why? You see, it's coming with a real desire. It's coming with that burden that's within, that burden of sin, that burden, that load of guilt, that load that's upon us. Come in. But she came and she worshipped him. She worshipped him. Now, friends, this worship. What is worship? We desire to worship as we gather together in worship. There's a, a lovely hymn has been on uh, my mind. Uh, and that's uh, uh, 9.20. When to worship, saints assemble, let the song to Jesus flow. And uh, he forsook his ancient glory, groaned and bled for worms below. Ransom mortals joined to swear the sacred song. You see, uh, that's what we do when we assemble to sing to Jesus. Those songs of thanksgiving, praise and honour. And confession indeed as well. But worship, what is worship? When we worship something, uh, we show our adoration for it. We show our reverence for, for it. And friends, uh, I, I think we show our regard for it. But we come in a reverential way. Now I want to be careful here friends. Because we can worship. And I say to the young people. I want to be very clear. We can worship things. That are not worshipping a God. She came and worshipped him. But worship. We can worship. The things in this life. Those I. And let me think friends. Uh, uh, I believe as. Uh, as I considered this, it, it felt to me that there's three types of, uh, of, uh, of worship. Firstly, ideal worship, I-D-E-A-L, which is what this lady did, as blessed. And that's what we desire, that we come seeking one who would bless us, who would favour us, who alone can do those things that we desire, including the salvation of our soul. And hear and answer those prayers that we've offered up. That ideal worship to prostrate ourselves before him. We do not read what position she was in. Whether she did literally prostrate herself. We don't know that but she would have shown respect and she would have shown reverence. Because that's worship friends. And I know I've taken those words as a dictionary meaning of it. But friends, they are literally, we show reverence to God in our worship as we worship him in prayer individually or in those different places. That's ideal worship. But young friends, I, I want to be very clear. We can be idol worshippers. That's I-D-L-E. In other words, we worship with the lips only and not with the heart. And we can do that in prayer. One says, I often say my prayers, but do I ever pray? And do I offer to the Lord? Uh, and do the wishes of my heart go with the words I say? I may as well kneel down and offer uh, words and, uh, and, and uh, worship gods of stone as offered to the living God a prayer of words alone. And it is in worship when it's lip only worship, friends. We need to have it in the heart. 
don't we? Established there the desires given of God. That's a heart religion, friends. So, oh, may we kept from being idle, ideally, worshippers of God. And then there is another similar word, I-D-O-L, idol worshippers. And friends, how careful we need to be. You know, I see it in these days with the young friends and not just the young friends, we all can, you know, these mobile phone devices that can do so many things, how we can idolise them. I see it also in various things in life. We might have an interest in politics, we might have an interest in sport, but these things can become an idol. And we can worship them without us realising that we're worshipping them because we adore them. Uh, We almost pay reverence to them and we follow the dictionary guidelines, therefore, of worship, but we're not worshipping God and we're putting them before God. This woman came to him and she put Jesus first. Friends, what type of worshipper are you? You know, friends, we can only be one of those three types, can't we? Well, I believe the child of God will know what it is in their experience at times to be all three types. I've certainly sat in God's house and we've sung the hymns and we've not we've gone along with things and uh, and and been and it's been a lip service only. Ah, but friends, to be an ideal worshipper, one that's established of God in those true desires, looking unto him, like this dear woman. Well, she came, uh, and uh, uh, she came, and she worshipped him. She worshipped him. And you know, her worship was an act of prayer. Her worship... It was because she came to him with these simple three words. And worshipping friends can therefore be undertaken, can't it? Anywhere where we can pray, in the car, in the kitchen or at home, friends. And so it is that the Lord will squeeze his prayer out of us. You know, there was a, there was a man who was a deacon, raised up to be a deacon at Tenterden called Waters Gower. He died in 1888, I think. And you know, he knew nothing about religion. This is what we desire to see these days. He, he, he did not attend a house of God. He got into his 50s, I believe, and was a farmer, a fairly comfortable farmer. And one, day, one Sunday afternoon, he's walking in the field, uh, uh, and you know, there was a voice, Go worship! Go worship! Sounded twice to him. He went back home and sat down in front of his wife. He said, we cannot carry on the way we're going. Things have to change. Well, it wasn't long after that that somebody led him to Mr. Vinden's chapel uh, uh, there at uh, Boar's Isle, as it was intended and in those days. And, you know, friends, he was much blessed. And yet the Lord showed him his sinnership even before he went there. But you see, that desire to worship God. Yes, then came she and worshipped him with these beautiful three words. Friends, I don't know how many times a poor child of God is going to pray these three words in their life, but I believe they're the sustenance of a child of God. I believe it's a prayer, you know, 
It so struck me today, there were two prayers I believe the Lord will have all these children to pray. One of them is, God be merciful to me, a sinner, because we will feel it, you know, and our sinners will make, uh, our sinnership will make us cry to him for help. Because we know that we cannot help ourselves, as the hymn writer says, no help in self I find. Uh, and yet have sought it well, and we have sought it well. The native treasure of my mind is sin, death, hell. And we love those things. And we still love them, friends, however far on in the way we might be. But, uh, you, you, you see, it's, um, it, it's, it's this, isn't it? Lord, Lord, help me. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Lord, help me. Help me by watching over me. Help me by keeping me from sin. Help me by keeping me in the narrow way. Lord, help me. When did you last say this prayer? From your heart, friends. I'll tell you when I did. Friends, it was in the vestry here before the service. I don't believe I've entered the pulpit once without these three words as a prayer. How reliant we are, and I know a dear pastor here will feel the same. May not pray the same way, but there's that reliance. And our dear friend also in his responsibilities, you see, Lord help me. How can we do it? We cannot do these things. We need his help in hand. And we sang it, friends, that when most we need his help in hand, this friend is always near. But there are those times when we really feel to need it to go on, to go on. We just can't continue. You know, Mr. A.B. Taylor was pastor at uh, Manchester. He followed Mr. Gadsby. And that man said how he used to tremble when he first went to Manchester uh, pulpit after that great man. He said, I trembled to preach there. We know those feelings. But you see, friends, he said, I was helped. And after a time, they asked him to be their pastor. And you know, friends, you know, I found this in a way an encouragement uh, for the child of God to ponder this. And he said, I said, no. And he said, furthermore, I didn't pray about it. I didn't think it was the place for me, ever could be, and I didn't have the ability to carry on there. So he, he, he said, I continued to preach, but, but not, not uh, only there to help them out. But you see, after, after a time, Ah, this is where the Lord will have us. Like he drew this woman. He drew him out in prayer. He drew him to the Lord, help me. He met Mr. Kershaw after a time. And Mr. Kershaw said to him, I hear the friends are interested in you at Manchester. Um, how is the Lord leading you? He said, well, I haven't sought for guidance. Friends, this was a servant of God. And he hadn't prayed over the matter because he was determined that it was not the right way. Doesn't it speak of you and I sometimes? Doesn't it speak of the way we are? But you know, the time, the time came. If I can find the word, uh, that the, the, the Lord uh, uh, spoke, spoke to him. In fact, as he stood outside that chapel, 
in, in Watchdale Road, I believe it's been sold now, but you see, he, he stood outside there and he said this, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. And he felt this, the Lord would help him and that he might have to venture. <coughs> Friends, it was the start of an exercise. And he said, then I started to pray. And then I had to plead, Lord, help me if this is the pathway. And it wasn't long after that they invited him again and he had to then accept. And it was a, Lord, help me, he said, all the time. And he, as he wrote this, I think he'd been there 36 years and he was unable to do 38 years. But Lord, help me. You see, friends, that prayer has to be given, is my point. And sometimes we have a prayerless state, even those like that dear man raised up in the ministry some way on in the way of faith and yet still he couldn't pray over something because he was determined not to. Don't we need to be taught of the Lord, friend? Don't we need to be humbled? Humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. So... It makes us think, doesn't it, that uh, even this, you see, this gift of this prayer is given of the Lord, but he will draw it out of you. He will draw it out of you. Those desperate situations where there will be a sudden need to pray and it will be a Lord help me. Lord help me. No time perhaps to pray anything else. And no time to lay anything further before the Lord. We spoke to the friends a couple of weeks ago, about Nehemiah before the king, uh, when he, had, he said, and I prayed, he, uh, the king said, your countenance is sad, and said, why is it? And he spoke about the Jews, uh, he spoke, and, and, the, and the fact, and about Jerusalem that needed to be rebuilt, the walls, but it, what was remarkable was, we, we read that he, he didn't answer the king immediately, he said, so I prayed. These lovely words, so I pray to the God of heaven. He didn't answer the king, he prayed to the king of kings. And that sudden prayer, friends, those situations the Lord brings us into. You know, if we can take this away and look back over our life and think of those times when there's been a Lord help me and the Lord has answered it. He's given a little strength, he's given a little help, he's given a little enabling to go on. Oh, may you look back in your ponderings after this service, friends, and I hope you do ponder after the services. You know, we don't just turn... I, I, I feel this more and more, that we don't just turn up to chapel, hear the word, go home, and that's it. Friends, but to prayerfully analyse it, ponder it, keep, as Mary did, keep all these... She kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. There's gracious teaching in that, you know. Uh, um, uh, there really is but uh, uh, my thoughts are this that you might go back and be able to say Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Shen called the name of it Eben Ebenezer hitherto have the Lord helped me and why has he helped me because you've been able to pray Lord help me help me Lord as the psalmist says this, these words are in Psalm 109, and nearly turned the other way round. But you see, beautiful, isn't it, that they're right through the word of God. 
um, where he says, Help me, O Lord my God. O save me according to thy mercy. Yes, we need that help. We need help in our circumstantial matters and we need help when the enemy is uh, uh, shouting us down. We need help against ourselves, friends, that we take the wrong steps and do the wrong things. And we need help because we're lost, fallen sinners. Yes, that divine aid in his salvation, that gift that we will only seek as prompted by him uh, from uh, within. Yes, Lord, help me. What a word. What, what a word for us to take home and ponder. And may it be like Paul as well as I talked about that reflection of things in time past. Having obtained help of God, I continue until this day. Well, poor soul, if you can truly say that, do you think that he'll leave you then in that which stands before? Do you think that he won't go before you? No, my friends. He that has helped me hitherto will help me all my journey through. Give me daily cause to raise new Ebenezers, new stones of help to his praise. You see, you're adding another stone on that pile, but that pile's only there because of the Lord help me. Oh, it's a wonderful prayer, you know. I don't know where we would be without this, this dear woman and her answered prayer. But you see, actually, as we read on, it wasn't immediately uh, that, uh, that um, she, she got the answer because he answered again and said, it's not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs, as we read in verse 26. And of course, dogs were seen as... Uh, uh, as uh, fairly well a lot of them ran around in uh, those days and they weren't domesticated so they were seen as as unpleasant animals uh, apart from some of the Greeks who I understand did have domestic dogs but for the whole they were uh, they were not like dogs are perhaps as we see them today but it's not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs but oh true Lord Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. And it's then that, the, that, that Jesus answers and said, O oh, woman, great is thy faith. She had to wait for this answer, friends. As I said earlier, she had to keep pushing on and pressing on. Oh, and I would say, may you pray for importunity. That is persistence, that means. Importunity in prayer is persistence. Yes, uh, 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 which of you shall have a friend go to him at midnight say unto him friend lend me three loaves yes and, uh, and, and he, will, he, will, he will come and answer and say the door's shut it's late the children are in bed I cannot rise and give to you yes I say to you though he will not rise because he is his friend yet because of his importunity his persistence he will rise and give as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. And so on, you know that word. Oh, friends, what a prayer. Prayer for importunity before God. Persistence. She was persistent. 
And friends, we need to be given that persistence. You know, uh, that persistence in seeking that every single jot and tittle of our of sins speaking against us will be cleansed, will be washed. Yes, every single bit gone. Wash till we every wit are clean. Yes, Lord, help me. Well, friends, uh, you see, it, it's a beautiful prayer. It will never wear out. And I believe uh, this, friends, you know, we need it in our, as we cross the Jordan. We need it in that last illness, that last time that we'll have, whatever it is that will bring us down, there will be a Lord, help me. Help me as I uh, come down. Help me as I have to bid adieu to this world and sit of sin. Help me as I cross that river and help me with an abundant entrance into thy kingdom. Yes, you know, friends, oh, the psalmist knew it. There's so many references. And I don't know about you, but... We've had, to, uh, we've had to live in them at times. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. And in the same psalm, when he speaks of this, uh, I will help her. And that right early. And this, uh, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. You see, friends, are you rise up unto the hills? Lord, help me. Help me in that which is before me in this week ahead. Friends, I don't know, the Lord knows. But if that's your prayer, I verily believe he will. Help me to go on in those things that are such a burden to me, I don't know how to take another step. And oh, when I think of that, um, if I can find it in Deuteronomy there, uh, this, uh, and, he, and he says there is none, like unto the God of Jeshurun, who rideth upon the heaven in thy help, and his excellency, and in his excellency on the sky, the eternal God is thy refuge. Yes, you'd see this helping hand. I read, and I think I might have mentioned her here before, but it, it doesn't matter. There was an old saint at Galeed, and uh, Mary Davy, she lived to be 108. She was a member there and she, she uh, died in 1950, I believe. But she worked in a, um, I think it was a, a cake shop and, and they did some bed and breakfast. It doesn't matter the detail, friends. But there were times when in working there, she found her work so impossible to continue. And she writes in 1911, I think it is, so she would, have been, she would have been well in her 60s and continuing in work to keep, to keep herself going financially. And she writes like this, I got to the point where I couldn't go on. I just could not go on in what I was doing. And she said, I just had to pray, Lord help me. But you see, he did, he gave her strength. And she said... She said she'd got to take additional responsibilities for six weeks as somebody was away. And perhaps some of you have known these things. Uh, someone was away or not well. And, uh, and how the Lord, uh, how the Lord um, 
uh, spoke to her through her pastor's ministry. Uh, and, and that was this. Uh, he, just two words, friends. And the, 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 the words are in the setting, speak to the children of Israel. But it was this, that they go forward. In other words, continue. And, and, and how, what strengthening it was for her to continue uh, in that that she had before her. Uh, but also uh, uh, this, these words, uh, um, fear not I am with thee, I be not dismayed. And it was definitely the third line in this, no, the second line, I, I am thy God and will still give thee aid. And she said, I felt day by day a strengthening hand upon me. Have you ever felt that? Really felt the help of the Lord Jesus, perhaps in some of those Herculean tasks that you've had in front of you and you thought, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. And you felt strength from above. Friends, these things encourage us, don't they, for our never-dying souls that... That he, that he has a love towards us, that he, that he will go before us in all things. I'll strengthen thee, help thee, and cause thee to stand upheld by my righteous, omnipotent hand. Oh, friends, these people that have experimentally walked this out, and I hope you and I have friends, but you see, oh, how beautiful is the gospel here, the drawing power of the Lord Jesus Christ. She only came because of that. She only came because she heard of him and was given faith to believe in him, to believe that he could do far more exceeding abundantly for her, above all she could ask or even think. And how, how what, what, what a wonderful end it is here in verse 28. O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And poor soul, as it comes into me here, that prayer that you've not had answered to date, and you know what it is, may you prove this. May you prove that faith is given, and be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And we read her daughter was made whole from that very hour and her daughter was not with her, was she? We don't read that she came with the daughter, but she was made whole. And you know, perhaps as a poor sinner here tonight and you feel you can never be made whole, you've sinned away uh, any hope, any hope at all. Uh, you, uh, you feel you're so vile and so wretched and uh, you've, well, you see, you're, you, you feel you're in verse 19. Out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders and adulteries and fornications and thefts and false witness and blasphemies. That's me. That covers me. And I don't, and I feel they've defiled me. These are the things which defile a man. Friends, you can come with this prayer. You can come with a Lord help me. Because believe me, the vilest sinner out of hell that lives to feel his need is welcome to a throne of grace, a Saviour's blood to plead. Welcome there. Oh yes, friends. Dear Rahab. Oh, there was a scarlet cord in the corner for her. She wasn't someone we would necessarily have an acquaintance with. Such were the nature's 
nature of her sins, but friends, the vilest sinner. Uh, you're not too vile, you're not too bad. And oh, as we will sing, thou canst overcome this heart of mine, thou canst victorious prove, for everlasting strength is thine, and everlasting love. Well, friends, we've got a few things to contemplate. I hope you have. I feel this poor sinner has. Oh, may the Lord help us each to pray on in this way. And if we've never prayed this prayer, to start today, then came she and worshipped him. That's the thing, to worship him, to worship no other. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. Amen.